Grace Auburn Church family, I hope this podcast finds you well. You are listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast, and we are in a series of roundtable discussions with our pastors, uh, talking through what do the habits of grace look like in your lives as we consider becoming, uh, or how we are becoming more and more like Jesus. And so this week, um, myself, Lee Cadden, Caleb Farrow, Jason Engel, Jeff Hollis, and lead pastor Matt Dean sit down and talk about what does it look like to go from just reading for breadth uh, through the scriptures, being soaked in the scriptures, uh, listening to them. That was our discussion last week. And again, thanks for bearing with us as we work out some technical difficulties on the last episode. Uh, but this week we talk about moving from there into what Puritan pastor and author Thomas Watson called to linger at the fires of meditation and how that warms our souls. Uh, how meditation is not a, a new thing that's been hijacked by our culture. It's actually an ancient practice of the church, a way that we walk in the good way. But this conversation starts off a lot of fun. We talk about UFOs. We talk about what we're listening to. We talk about how our lives as sons are being shaped by the Spirit of God and because of the work of Jesus and the kindness of our Father. And so I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. It was a ton of fun. This is myself and our pastoral team talking about what does it mean to study, to memorize, and to meditate on the Holy Word of God. All right, last week we ended with the idea of what does it look like for the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Um, today, as we continue in our conversations and habits and disciplines, I want to kick off the, 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 the conversation um, with a little peek inside your Spotify playlist or Apple, however it is that you listen to music. So we're going to start here, Jason. So for those of you not listening, I'm on one edge of the table, then going around and counterclockwise is Jason, Matt, Jeff, and Caleb. And so you get to go last. So, Caleb, you need to think specifically about what you're not going to share that you've been listening I've got to. Some, I've got some good ones. <laughs> so the question is, what's something you're listening to currently? Uh, if you were to pull up or if somebody were to grab your phone and look at your most recent plays on Spotify, what would uh, they see you enjoying right now? Well, I have had a road trip recently. Uh, so I'm listening Lots of driving instead of listening to local radio stations along the way. I've been listening a lot to the Grace Auburn playlist mm. that Jared has put together. And so that's gone through a couple of times. And then also had some extended time in the Word, uh, just listening, as we talked about last week, the audio Bible. I was working my way through the Psalms, and I was not—I uh, finished—the the, the break in the book goes to Psalm 100, so I was hoping to go to— 101, but it went directly into somewhere in Ezekiel. So I'm just, <laughs> just you know, it's kind of a stark jump from, sure. from, from Psalm 99 to somewhere in the middle of Ezekiel. And yeah, it was still good though. That's good. Matthew. So this morning I was listening to City of Light yeah. on my way, taking to and from school. Um, but in the evenings, I'm listening to Sonny Rollins, who plays jazz. Yes. That's my dishwashing music yes it is so but by day it's a lot of uh city of light currently yeah because i find those songs to be rich yeah but see things people don't know is that you wash dishes to jazz i do that's incredibly important i think people have a picture now 
I have a picture now of you washing dishes. I think everybody should have that same picture of you washing dishes. Jeff, what about you? Um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So mine's not necessarily a podcast or music, but I love audiobooks. I okay. go through many, many audiobooks um, every year. And right now I am listening to um, Bonhoeffer by Eric Metaxas. Yes. Mm. And so I, there, I, there's just something about Christian biography that mm. encourages me and, and just kind of fills me with joy yeah. anytime I listen to him. So that's just kind of my favorite, favorite genre. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm listening to. Right that's now. good. Okay, so there's. Uh, Do you need to give a disclaimer? I, kind of. I <laughs> feel <right>. like <laughs> I'm going to justify this before I. Anyways, I'll just go ahead. So right now, currently, I'm listening to a podcast um, about UFOs. Um, yes. But so here's the thing. Speaking of pictures, people now have <laughs> in their heads. <laughs> As we've talked about, Jason listening to Ezekiel um, and the Psalms. Matt listening to jazz and Jeff listening to Bonhoeffer. I feel like we took a deep dive uh, in a different direction, but <laughs> I'm being truthful. And uh, it's not that I, and let's just clarify, it's not that I necessarily believe in aliens. I'm not saying that. I Don't you, though? Well, don't you? I'm not saying <laughs> okay, I don't. Going, I'm going. just saying it's not that I am. <laughs> what I am saying is, is Sarah and I had this conversation this morning that we are fascinated both of us fascinated with people that do. Ah, uh, that's fair. And and listening to these people talk about that what they call evidences of is so intriguing to yeah. me and so fascinating. And so, you know, you talk about like the people uh, that that believe in Bigfoot. Uh, like, I was just thinking Bigfoot. Dude, mm-hmm. those, those people. Get, listen, Oof. it's it's not that they believe in Bigfoot, is that they believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> And as they talk about it, it's like that inside that mind to live inside of that mind, A has to be exhausting and B has to be really, really cool. <laughs> and so to have this long form conversation about it is just anyway. So there's that. Yeah. And I let me give the second one. Right, the second ahead. one that I'm listening to is a pod, a, re, a new podcast called Room for Nuance. Mm. Um, and it's a it's a pastor up in Decatur area, Sean DeMars, who I'm uh friends with from when we used to live there. Yeah. Started doing this podcast and he's been um, bringing in an interview and some really, really interesting, um, interesting uh, evangelical leaders and uh, pastors and theologians and stuff. So it's been really, really cool and encouraging. That's good. So, um, believe it or not, I'm listening to a bunch of podcasts. Um, Jordan Peterson, um, uh, the You're Not Crazy podcast with Ray Ortland and Sam Albury has been a, a very rich source of life for me. Uh, music. I've tried to listen to jazz and I fall asleep. Uh, so maybe it's doing its thing. Maybe it's. I need to send you a playlist. Not, please do. <laughs> um, I actually thought of you the other night when it came across. I don't know why it came across my phone, but I was like, I'm going to listen to this, and Matt's going to love it. And I didn't have anything good. John to Coltrane back. Blue Note Edition. Mm. Oh. All right. Okay. So I'm my default in dishwashing or sitting around and like enjoying an evening on the back porch would be a kind of a folk and acoustic type genre so for me that's drew holcomb um anything kind of in that direction do you listen to ben rector uh yes i feel uh, like he's kind of like in that overlapping circle a little well. bit so like um ben rector and snoop dogg on their most recent album <laughs> by the way uh it actually is really it's good. a fantastic yeah. song uh at the end of that there's one of my favorite parts about that album is the very end in the credits when ben rector has to talk about how he had to cut several things that snoop said out of the album because it was meant to be a family-friendly album and 
which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I do like Ben Rector, mm-hmm. but for different reasons, kind of in a different vibe for me. But yeah, I listen anyway. to him a lot. That's what I was thinking. Okay, I like it. Um, okay, anything else to add? Any any other like, like you know? Caleb, I want to ask you, what would aliens listen to? God, that's a great question. That's next podcast. This, that is, has, this is, is now not, its own podcast. I'm not there yet in okay. the three hour conversation <laughs> on right. UFOs. I'll okay. let you know at the end. All right, of this. Let us know. Okay. All right. I think if there are aliens, they need Jesus. How about that? So. That you're not wrong. Yeah, that's I, fair. I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. Um. All right. So, like, let's bring this back to disciplines, habits, that kind of the life we lived. Uh, what we listen to shapes us. And so that's why I asked the question in the sense of. In some, that's concerning. In some, small, <laughs> in some small way or some massive way, uh, depending on how deep of a dive you go on the UFO or Bigfoot trail, because you could kind of put them in the same category. Um, all things. All right. Last week, we discussed the place of reading scripture or listening to scripture, the place that it has in our lives, the way it forms us. Um, we talked about how the Word of God might dwell in us richly. Matt landed our conversations from Colossians. Uh, today, I want to take a, a deeper dive or a next step beyond just reading Scripture and discuss the difference between reading the Bible, which is important. Uh, we know and believe that we read for breadth when it comes to uh, its place in our lives, and the difference between that and studying the Bible. If we read for breadth, then we study for depth. And how does the Word then lead us into deeper fathoms, so to speak, of memorization, meditation? What does it look like for us to go deeper into the Word on a regular basis? I make these connections uh, for some. The idea of studying the Bible doesn't sound too foreign. Yes, I can read the footnotes. Yes, I can read uh, my study Bible with like commentary, or I've watched all the Bible Project videos, so I kind of have a a general framework. Thank you, Tim Mackey. Um, All of those things are great, um, but the idea of deeply immersing our souls in the Word, to memorize it, to write it on our foreheads, as it were, to meditate on it, to dwell in the presence of God by the Spirit of God through the Word of God, that starts to sound a little bit New Age-ish, a little bit strange, a little bit, hey, you throw meditation in there, and I think yoga, I mean, any number of things, when in actuality, that camp of meditation has actually hijacked a very ancient practice in Christianity. And so I want to begin today, and I want to read a couple of excerpts from David Mathis's Habits of Grace. Uh, it's a book that Desiring God put out. We as a staff read through it. It was, it was such a deeply uh, formative book for me, just a kind of a go back to re- being reminded of why we do the things that we do as we're being shaped into the image of Christ. And he describes the difference in the connections between reading, study, and meditation in this way. He says, Bible reading is like watching the film in real time. Study is like going through the clip frame by frame. Meditation, then, along with Scripture memory, is for lingering over particular frames and pressing the significance to our hearts and into our lives. A little bit later in that same chapter from Thomas Watson, he quotes, The reason we come away so cold from reading the Word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Again, Matthew says, In meditation, we pause and reflect over his words which we have read, heard, or studied. We roll them over in our minds and let them ignite our hearts. We warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. We go deep in God's revelation, take it into our very souls, and as we are being changed by his truth, we respond to him in prayer. As Matthew Henry says, as meditation is the best preparation for prayer, so prayer is the best issue 
of meditation. And so I want to ask you, brothers, this morning, uh, as we're thinking through the reading of the Word, the study of the Word, kind of the deep, long lingering at the Word of God, um, what does studying the Bible look like for you? Where do you begin? What resources do you use if you're, if you're going to go long into a text and you're going to linger there? What does that look like for you? I can start just by saying that so much of uh, my adult life has been linked to study. Mm. Um, and, and I don't apologize for that. I know there are some people that say, hey, if you're going to preach, then you need to read something differently. Mm. But I would also argue if you're going to preach, then you better believe what you're <laughs> preaching. And, and it better not just be information, but to take you to the core of who you are. And so I'm, I am thankful for the burden of preaching almost weekly because it forces me in the best way to discipline my heart, to begin to think in an unhurried way, mm. what does this mean? And not to, what does it mean intellectually, but how does the Word of God shape my life, my perspective, and, and am I willing to let it shape my life and perspective so that I may be able to share it and communicate it with others in a way that it's not just something to say, but something I truly believe. Mm. Um, but to do that takes time, and it takes intentionality, and it takes having the right uh, framework to approach the Word, and it takes studying. It takes, I think it takes time over years of understanding from a biblical theology standpoint how all things point to Christ. Ultimately, all things point to Christ. Mm. And, and one of the joys of studying the Word of God over so many years and seeing Christ at, as the fulfillment of that um, is it helps to see you can look anywhere in the Bible and you can see it is either pointing to what Jesus would have done um, or what Jesus has done and how that, that yeah. impacts our lives. And so um, I think when it comes to study, time is a necessary component. Sure. And when it comes to meditation or reflecting or trying to process or digest this information, it's time and the Holy Spirit at mm. work in our hearts that mm. really helps us appropriate and understand what does this mean? Not just what am I reading, right. but what does this mean and how do I live this out in faith? To your point on everything pointing towards or back to or a future full realization of Jesus is coming, Crossway put out the Gospel Transformation Bible. I think we bought that for seniors recently. Did we buy, did we buy that as a gift? Oh, we should if we haven't bought we that have. as a gift. Uh, we have. Two years ago, it Two, was. Yeah. It's just a study, but so it's a it's an excellent resource in my opinion, and arguably one of Crossway's best study Bibles. Is all the notes in the Old Testament are pointing to how Jesus fulfills those, and then all the notes in the New Testament are pointing back to or forward hmm. to Jesus's culmination. To that point of everywhere in Scripture, pointing back to Jesus. You mentioned um, the uh, David Mathis's book Habits of Grace, and um, I would say that going through that book in, in a lot of ways helped form where I am right now. Mm. Um, you know, I've gone through seasons of, uh, of having this rhythm of, uh, preaching regularly. Um, and I mean, currently I'm in it, but it was more regular than it is now. And it was two, three times a week, sometimes mm. on, on a regular, uh, rhythm. And, uh, in a lot of ways, it just felt burdensome to read anything else and to not, Yeah, it, it, was, it was just really hard looking back, um, to, to not have my devotional time be what I was preaching. Mm. And it was unhealthy in a lot of ways because it was forced. Yeah. It wasn't 
this is where God's leading me. It was, this is what I have next. You had to study. You had to, had you had to, to produce it. something. That's exactly right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so that was a really, what, what would be, uh, the, the negative and what would be the, um, would be the caution sure. for pastors and, and yeah. for my own soul. Um, and, and now I'm kind of in this rhythm and I was having this conversation yesterday at breakfast with a guy. Um, he was asking me, he, he is leading a Bible study. And so he's studying the word and he's mm. kind of getting in mm. that rhythm and trying, trying to figure out, Hey, how do you separate the two? And, and kind of to, to Matt's point, I got to share, like, you don't like, like when you lead and you preach from your heart, it, the impact is different. Yeah. And so in some ways you submit yourself to the word. Um, and I'm in this rhythm now of when I, when I preach at college at campus or in any other setting, a couple of days before I shift my regular rhythm to that text yeah. to sit under that and let God work in my heart for a couple of days leading up to it. Because, uh, I'm, I'm not the, um, you guys know this, um, I'm not the most studious, uh, person in terms of reading study. Like for me, it's really hard to do that work. Um, but it is significantly easier when God is wrestling in my heart, like, mm. like my interest in it and to dive deeper into it is there when God wrestles with my, in my heart and my soul. And so then preaching it is coming from my heart, not from the facts that I read from a commentator, yeah, which, is good. A, which is a totally different uh, approach to preaching um, that this, that this book in a lot of ways, that that book in a lot of ways freed me yeah. to see in my own heart and soul. Watson does, um, Mathis's quote of Thomas Watson, if you're unfamiliar with Watson, Puritan, uh, 17th century pastor in England, this idea of it being the fire of meditation, mm -hmm. the idea of like you can walk away from having read the word cold. Mm -hmm. And his point is by the spirit of God in you, you should be warmed at this fire on a consistent basis over and over again being reminded of this is who God is and what he has done for you. And to your point, Matt, you're talking about when you preach, it's, it's really the kind of the final step in what God has been doing in you all week and for, mm -hmm. po possibly for weeks or years even, depending on the text. And it is this overflow, whereas for you, it was this, man, I have to get through this so, right. that, I, so that I can get into this. And there is, that, that is an unhealthy rhythm to be in for, de right. for decades on end, which is your concern. And I think that's valid. Mm -hmm. For sure. But I, I want to reference several places in the Psalms where David gives us this language. I, I mentioned that meditation, while it may have been hijacked um, in, a, in a modern sense, is really an ancient Christian practice. So he says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And then again in Psalm 119, it says we would then that we would be a people who store the word in our hearts. He makes this connection. I want to make this connection. If, if, we're, if we're talking about the, the image of lingering by a fire, being warmed by it, having our souls nourished in the comfort of the word, David makes the statement that it is a delight to meditate on the word of God. I want to know for you guys personally, how do you find delight? How does the Lord speak to you in terms of his delight in you? But how do you delight in him? the fire of meditation as you store up this word in your heart. The other morning, uh, driving two of mine to school, um, we listened to Philippians from beginning to end. Yeah. And part of my delight in the Lord was 
his faithfulness to hide the word in my heart, mm-hmm. his sanctifying presence in me where I could anticipate the next line of what Paul was going to mm-hmm. say in that. And um, to be able to know what's coming next, not just from an intellectual standpoint, but on a heart level of going, no, no, he, he truly did empty himself mm-hmm. and That's was right. obedient, even obedient to death, death on a cross. Hearing, hearing the word read over us uh, on the drive to school the other morning, it was a, truly a delight to know his faithfulness to me, mm. to help me appropriate the truth of the gospel into my life. And, and it, it, I was warmed in that moment. And it was, there was nothing to produce. There was no sermon in mine. It was me with two of my children. And we just listened to the word read over us. And that set the tone for the day. And there was nothing to write. There was nothing to say. Yeah. It was just his word to us. Yeah. Um, it was powerful. For me, um, to, to speak specifically to storing the word in your heart and to point back kind of to what we were saying earlier about all of Scripture pointing, pointing to Jesus. Yes. Um, as I have, have been listening, even I, I think back to one specific instance last week, I've, I've been listening through the Psalms four or five at a time, um, and Psalm 22 came across, and you know it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. And I mean, that's pretty negative, kind of scary, but by knowing the New Testament, knowing that those are the words that Jesus spoke on the cross as mm-hmm. he was enduring the forsakenness that was meant for us, yeah. um, you know, having that stored within me led me to meditate on, on Christ and, and what he's done and led me to, to kind of just dwell in that and, and to, to praise him and uh, just you know, be so thankful and feel so loved because of that. And, and, and that all stemmed from, you know, just three or four words that I heard in an Old Testament mm. uh, psalm that was, that was playing. But because, because I had within me the words of Christ as he was on the cross, it allowed me to, as I meditated on that, to move to, uh, to a place of, of just praise and worship. Yeah, that's good. You could almost say indwelling uh, comes delight. Yeah. Indwelling with the Lord comes delight. And to that end, I think there have been times and seasons in my life where I have you know, tried to do one of those read through the Bible in a year plans, and yeah. and that's horrible for me because I get so task oriented that I, oh I got to read through these four chapters and I got to get it done and mm. and I don't even slow down and stop to to think about what I'm reading and I think we've got to give ourselves the freedom to be able to pump the brakes yeah. and really just land in a in a section uh, you know a paragraph or even a verse and just chew on it for a while and um just sit with it instead of being so task focused i got to get through this i got to get through this what does the lord really want to speak to me um through this passage through this section one of the things that helps me and and do that and this is going to maybe sound a little bit weird is i i try to write reflective poetry on the on the backside of it, where I read through a section, and mm. then I just say, "Okay, it's important to apply what we're reading, right? Yeah. To really think about how, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? You wrote this, you wrote this word, you wrote this Bible for all of your people, so that we might know you more and That's know right. you more deeply. What are you saying to me right now? And how do I?" Re- in writing, I often have a response that mm. helps focus me more than 
wandering thoughts and prayer or whatever, but as I start, I take pen and paper out and I start writing things down, play with the words, play with the ideas. Sometimes poetry comes out and most of it will never be published, but a lot of it has been really helpful uh, for me just to reflect or meditate on God's Word. I like that you said most of it will never be published. Not yes. all of it will never well, be published. I don't, I don't, so we don't know where Jason's going. Yeah, yeah. It might be a poet. I, I don't think that's weird because I think when you do that, you're taking the words of God and you're giving mm-hmm. them back to him. Mm-hmm. And what could we give him that is worth more that's right. than his own word? You know, we've, we, we've kind of bounced around this idea that so much about meditating and lingering and being with is really about the being with, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really isn't about, you know, your ride on the way to school in the morning was not about a certain list of things you had to get through. It was about being with the father, with your children on that way to school, or it be mm-hmm. with God in that moment. When I think about this, I think Mathis concludes that chapter on reading, studying, and meditating uh, in an incredibly Good way. And I want to make a connection to 2 Corinthians 3 in just a moment, but he says this, and he's going to be quoting Piper here at at one point as well. He said, the Bible is gloriously for us. Jason, you just said that the Bible has been given to us. It is written for us. It's not primarily, though, about us. We come most deeply because of whom we will see, not for what we must do. Piper said, become a kind of person, don't amass a long list. Mm. And I think the, the Christian life is really that in a nutshell. It's about becoming a kind of person. It's about becoming one who is known for gentleness, love, peace, patience, self-control. What One that is marked by those things as we've become a kind of person. And I think we become the kind of person that we want to be when we spend time with the kind of person who is already that kind of person. So I want to I want to kind of land with this idea and I want to kick this out to you guys as we wrap our time together is what does reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, what does that really kind of getting back to the person we are lingering with in the presence of God by the spirit of God through the word of God, what does beholding his presence on a consistent basis due to us, because Paul says it this way, beholding the glory of the Lord. So when we see Jesus, when we gaze upon him, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So that's Paul um, admonishing, correcting, encouraging the Corinthian church that desperately needed it, but not more so than we desperately need the encouragement and reminder that we become what we behold. And so I want to ask you guys as we, as we wrap this conversation up, um, how have you become more like Jesus? And this is not a, a you know, humble brag moment, but how in your own life have you seen Jesus shaping in you more of himself simply because you showed up and you beheld his glory and you looked into his face and you heard his heart and you knew him genuinely and longingly, how have you become like him in your beholding him? I think really when we're aware of our own sin mm-hmm. and when we're aware of our choices or attitudes or behaviors that are not like Christ, 
It's in those moments that we bring those things to him, mm. recognizing he's not like us. And in those beholding moments of Jesus, you would not have said that, or you would not have done that, or mm, thought right. that, or chosen in that way. That's when that, that sanctifying work of transformation comes about, where we can really say in humility to the people in our lives, that was not who Christ has called me to be. That was not, that was not what I desire to be. And in looking in the Word and in beholding who Christ is, in such a gracious, gracious exchange of our issues for his glory, that's how that transformation happens. And yeah. I think the more specific we can be in acknowledging our, our weaknesses and our sin and beholding him in that, we see a very clear picture of what the life in Christ is intended to be for those who are trusting in him. Yeah, that's good. And I think it also happens in community. Mm-hmm. I think it comes back to community. Uh, needed i needed what matt preached on sunday yeah and um i'm thankful that god transforms us as we faithfully week in week out sit under the the preaching and teaching of god's word Mm. and we faithfully pursue him in our own quiet times and our own community groups and things like that these are the these are the these are how we are transformed these are how we are shaped is being conformed into his image through his word, yeah. being transformed by the renewing of our mind. But this always happens in community. It's not, it's not, it doesn't happen in isolation. We don't have to be um, desert fathers going out into the desert. In, <laughs> in Egypt in the fourth century, even those guys had other desert fathers around them. It always happens in community. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I, as you asked that question, and I don't even know if this answers that question, but uh, what, what what came to mind was was the aggregate over the years, yeah, um, and just the 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 small the small decisions to, and my rhythm is first thing in the morning, cup of coffee, sit down, read the word, uh, write in a write in a prayer in a journal, um, and that um, has not been profound in the day; it has been profound in the years. Mm. And I think that over the years I get to look back and I go, okay, I see what God's been doing, yeah. transforming me. Yeah. And then even to the point of last night having a conversation with my son Judah, um, who last week had uh, said some things, some unkind words to a kid at school. <laughs> so we had the joy of parenting through that and revealing to him, hey, God has uh, what we say and how we say it is important. And so it's, we always want to be cautious of those things. And then last night I responded to uh, my son partially, and it, immediately I saw, I remembered that conversation and then remembered the text that we went to of, in Ephesians of like our words, we must be kind, we must be uplifting, we must be encouraging. And I was like, and God was like, you weren't that <laughs> right now. <laughs> and so just the aggregate over those years of like, even, even not considering this is why I'm studying this, yeah. or this is why I'm looking to this, but being, being able to go. Okay, God, 10 years ago, Caleb would not have responded this way. And so having to go to him in humility and and apologize to my six-year-old son was humbling and Mm -hmm. hard, but needed and necessary. And and just those are the moments that I look and go, okay, I am maturing, Mm. (laughs) even though I listen to UFO podcasts. (laughs) There there is some growth here, and it's really cool um, in those moments. And so for me, it's the aggregate over the years. That's how I see that's how I see my soul being transformed into the yes. likeness of Christ. Yes. Yep. Maturity. Um, 
begins to look like not necessarily us attaining perfection and and doing it right every time but us being aware of our sin mm. more quickly yeah. uh and and coming to repentance yeah uh, mm. every time mm. uh, yeah that's really good was there anything else that i cut you off no okay all right i didn't i didn't want you i wanted you to finish that thought cuz i thought it was really good um i think through the the means by which we store these things up in our heart always comes back to, I lingered there. Mm. I remembered that. Um, and that could be everything from like the latest Disney musical. I mean, those words are stored deeply in my brain now <laughs> because of my children. Let it go. If that's <laughs> God. So good. Nope. So um, good. I was not the one and now it's the one. You're welcome. I think is what was mm. stuck in my head or still is stuck in my head. That's a, oh, it's fantastic. Let it Let's not talk about it. Uh, listen, um, that's not how we're going to end this. That's not how we're going to end this. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson might be the best Disney character ever. Um, <laughs> my point is this. What I wanted to kind of get back to is this. I remember, I don't even know how long ago it was. I remember driving. I was on my way home um, from our family's farm, and I was listening to just an Ask Pastor John after Ask Pastor John after Ask Pastor John, and they're 10, 12 minutes, whatever they are. So I was maybe three or four in, and one of them was on memorization and it was on storing up the word in your heart in such a way that you are transformed over time. And Piper is, I think at the time of the recording of that was in his seventh decade of life. And the question was, I forget nearly all of what I memorize. Why should I memorize scripture at all? And Piper makes this statement and he says, he says, well, this is for you then, Caleb. He makes this statement. He said, I have forgotten in the Six decades of walking with Jesus, I have forgotten 99% of the scriptures that I have memorized. But the Holy Spirit has forgotten none of them. Mm -hmm. And they are stored somewhere in my soul for when I need it. And he made the statement, he goes, I can be in a conversation with a child or with a, a member of our church, with my wife in a moment of conviction because I was harsh with my child. I can be in any number of places and all of a sudden the Spirit of God's like, bam. And he said, I, and he made the statement, he goes, the, the Holy Spirit could supernaturally impart that to me, but most of the time, it's because I lingered over words long enough that they were stored somewhere deep down in my heart, and I can't access them without the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's such a good reminder for us as we think about lingering over the Word of God, meditating at that fire by the power of His Spirit, just remembering that we're not alone. We're not alone. Even when we are alone, we are with him, but we are in this together as a community of faith. And it's such a good reminder that the Christian life is about becoming a kind of person, not checking off a long list of things that we have to do. On behalf of the Grace Auburn Church family, thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website, graceauburn.church.